Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tennessee Twos Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Daniel. Across from me is my co-host, Ethan. And uh, we did it. We hit a live button. Yeah. Last week didn't go so hot for us. And um, we had we had to make a decision. And that was, do we try to figure out how to continue working on a platform that didn't seem to want to support us as much as we really hoped? Uh, and the answer ended up being no. So lo and behold, here we are. Um, on YouTube, on the and tubes. I have to say, you know, one of the things I was most excited for that I totally forgot about, just because I happened to to pull up a YouTube live video uh, a couple of days ago, was that you can actually scrub back to the beginning on YouTube, yeah, where other live videos nice. don't let you do that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, but YouTube I'm pretty excited to be to have here. It figured out. Um, for anybody who is a regular listener on Facebook, first thing I want to say before we get any farther is. Thank you so much for the support that you showed for us on Facebook while we were doing this podcast live. Um, honestly, Facebook really gave us an awesome start at a really easy ability for us to grow this podcast right up and in the very beginning um, and do a lot of really cool stuff while still doing live and not having a whole lot of competition. Um, and, you know, it's it's a little bit sad to depart from, you know, something that we spent a whole year doing last year basically with uh, Facebook, but I'm pretty excited for this new chapter. How about you? Yeah, I I really am. Um, we would probably still be with Facebook if their, um, I guess, dashboard uh, that they send into stream elements or any kind of streaming software was a little bit more manageable, um, or if it worked half of the time, we would be a little bit better off. Um but constantly having to see chat on the phone and uh, it just never quite, quite worked out. Um, now, YouTube might be a little bit of a growing pain. We are fully aware of that. And we know that um, we will have to broaden this, you know, a little better, get it into the eyes of more people. But that's OK. And we're uh, ready to do so. Um, so. My question to you is, since it is our first YouTube live video, um, yeah, what would be, I, I know we're getting a little bit off topics right offhand. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, what, we're going to add that counter to the, to the screen yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Some point in time this season, we're going to have a, a one-off counter just to see how many times we get off topic in episode. Right. <laughs> Well, that's going to happen a lot. Um, what would be your say in, uh, like, having notifications on, off, so to speak? Because I don't know, because we haven't got a notification yet, if it's going to, like, blare out at us. Because that is a very high possibility. <laughs> I do not know. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, you know what? Uh, Listen, you know what? the first technical difficulty of this episode wasn't even electronic, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, so that Simon the Zot Tilt is not meant anymore. Um, <laughs> it's not, it can't be there any longer. I'm sorry. Well, I'm talking about mint condition. Because <laughs> it hit the floor. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so just just to be aware, uh, to let everyone be aware, 
that if you hear something loud, uh, it is a notification, and I do apologize. Uh, I will get it fixed if it does happen. Um, but yeah, I would then, say yeah. If you're asking me and not just the listeners, oh, um, but I would say I mean banners are cool. I'm fine with banners depending on what they are and how often they pop up. But probably should keep the sounds to a minimum. Yeah, don't want to flood flood our sounds too much for our audio listeners. By the way, if you guys are listening on audio right now, for the foreseeable future, the plan is to be going live on YouTube. Uh, you'll double check our socials. We'll actually post a link to the primary channel that this will be going live on every week. Tuesday, eight o'clock Eastern time is what we're thinking about right now. Um, kind of the idea is to get it late enough that people who want to hop in on live um, on the West coast are hopefully close to or already off work, but, but not too late for those of us here on the Eastern time zone. Right. I think these, this time works out well for both of us as well. Um, that that's a huge help. Um, so yeah. Uh, want to go ahead and get into our presenting sponsor? Yeah, let's get into it. Stop in the show. As most of you know already, it is Lone Star Disc. Um, they are a family-owned and operated disc golf manufacturer located in Conroe, Texas. They pride themselves on being the only disc golf manufacturer that currently produces, stamps, and ships its own product directly from Texas. Their main focus is to provide consistent and high-quality discs to golfers all over the world. Also, they just had a release on February 4th. This It was three days ago. So definitely um, get your hands on those. The Frio and the Goon. Seguin. Seguin. I have to put the Goon in it, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I know Josh was uh, making fun of us. <laughs> I thought that was good. He, was, he, said, he said good job, though. He said good job. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a, six to one, half dozen the other, all right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's see here. Okay, thank you for that. Um, also, if you want to uh, pick up any merch from Lone Star, just like my hat, his hoodie, check them out uh, over at LoneStarDisc.com. And... Let's get on with it. What do you think? Yeah, let's give it a go. Um, you see if you can pump that mixer volume up a yes. little bit. Uh, for any of our audio listeners, please be warned. If you have it turned up really loud right now, we're going to pump up the audio for the live stream real quick. So you might need to turn it down a little bit. Fair warning. Uh, with okay. that being said... Uh, the first thing we're going to do when we start today is to uh, talk about our 2022 awards. Of course, we planned on doing that a long time ago, as you guys know, but we ended up taking uh, a little bit of a sabbatical for both of us to kind of refresh, um, had a lot of stuff going on. So we're going to get to that now, and then we're also going to go ahead and get through our 2023 award predictions. Um, we do have five awards that we're going to be giving out today. Of course, MVP most improved is going to be one of them the comeback player of the year is going to be one of them we are also going to be giving out an award for um you know best off the tee which we're going to call the hawkeye award and then we're going to have a best putter award which we're calling the dead shot award um 
Yeah, cool names. Let's just, go. I just can't <laughs> can't stop this stuff from happening. I'm having notifications pop up on my side now saying stuff's wrong, of course. Ah, it, you know. It's never ending. But bear with us, guys. Uh, like we said, you know, the first time that we're live broadcasting on YouTube, part of the reason we didn't blast this out on our socials and let everybody know is we wanted to test run this a little bit. So for our audio listeners, I apologize. Bear with us. We should be a little bit closer back to normalcy starting next week. So give us a little bit of a break. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah, MVP awards. I don't. I don't think there's... There's really a question that we we need on either MPO or or FPO. Would you say? Yeah, no. Um, pretty cut and dry. Um, I'll let you take MPO. I'll take FPO. I'm pretty sure we're gonna agree. Yeah. Uh. So I mean, unquestionably, MPO was Ricky Wysocki. Um. It, in if you looked at midseason, that would have been a very questionable concept. Uh, is he, isn't he, you know, he didn't really take down any majors. He was kind of struggling. He had some injury problems. The new bag was definitely putting him in for a run. But down the stretch, he definitely was the best player over the course of the last three months of the season. Um, pretty much hands down. Ended up taking out the most Elite Series wins. And then the Tour Series Championship after that. So, unquestionably, Ricky Wysocki was the MVP of 2022. Right. Um, and I feel like there was... A couple that were in the ballpark, um, but I agree. Uh, I I think Ricky ended up with MVP and uh, one of the others. Excuse you. Dynamic. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Don't worry. The other guy I'm talking about is uh, <laughs> is later on down the board. <laughs> what about FPO? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kristen. Um, I I don't even have to name out her measurables. Uh, never placing below the podium in any elite series or silver series event. Uh, multiple multiple wins and world championship. So yeah, right. Kristen Tatar for me is the FPO MVP. Most improved. Um. Look, I mean, you could you could make some debates for a lot of players, but I think this one's pretty cut and dry on the MPO side as well. Um, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I would have to say it has to be Gannon Burr. Um, I mean, you're talking about a player that essentially never finished right. outside the top 10. Yeah. He had the highest average finish um, or the lowest average finish, depending on how you're you're talking about it. But he had the best average finish in MPO all of last year. Now he only took down a couple of events, one of them being silver, but the other one was a major and that was that was pretty massive and that combined with the fact that he basically was never out of contention is impressive. Right. Uh and it's kind of weird thinking like, oh, you know, the the rookie of the year is the next most improved, but his sophomore season was undeniable. Yeah. It was really good. Uh and I wouldn't doubt to continue continue to see him improve honestly yep um i agree with that on mpo um fpo i'm going uh th this one i feel like you may not dis you may not agree with me here but i'm going with val um 
Valerie Mondahano. Hundred um, percent. It's I. It's no question in my mind on that one either. Yeah. She uh. She kind of came out of came out to her own, come into her own. Um. <laughs> she filled her shoes. Yeah. Exactly. And. Yeah, and it was pretty consistent throughout the whole year, so I really thought that she deserved this one. Um, Absolutely. I'm honestly kind of worried and surprised that we've agreed on all of these, but most of them are cut and dry. Yeah, I I think you're going to be a little more cut and dry this year, probably until we get to that last award. Uh, You know, FPO for the next award might be a little bit of something we might have to debate. Right. Um, We'll see. But let's start with MPO, because I think that one's pretty undeniable as well, being Simon Lazat as the Comeback Player of the Year. And for anybody who might be listening and be like, well, I mean, what's the difference between Comeback Player of the Year and Most Improved? Well, Comeback Player of the Year kind of is more directed towards somebody who was relevant and stopped being relevant for a while and became relevant again. Um, and so you could definitely make an argument that Simon Lazat uh, deserves the Most Improved Award as well. However, I mean, you're talking about somebody who was, you know, the best European player for a very, very long time, extremely competitive on the American side as well for a very long time, had a few injuries, really struggled for a couple of years. He even said it himself, like, hey, you know, I I don't know if if playing professional disc golf is going to work out for me much longer. And he was looking at other avenues and routes and what he might do with the YouTube and this, that and the other. And instead... He just came out and exploded for right. 2022. So, um, yeah, I think that's just, I mean, what do you say? I mean, what can you say? That's, I mean, it's undeniable. I mean, I, to get four Elite Series wins, Elite, elite Series wins, struggling tonight, evidently. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, there's no, no really competition in my, my eyes. I mean, when push comes to shove, you're really, really talking about somebody who was not only an obvious comeback player of the year, but you're also talking about somebody who was thoroughly in contention for being the uh, player of the year or MVP, probably up until the point where Ricky really did, you know, kind of cap off the Pro Tour championship. Right. If Ricky doesn't doesn't win, I know it was five wins to four, but arguably those four from Simon were more impressive, all things considered. Um, you could have you could have seen a different MVP if he doesn't win the Pro Tour Championship. Right. So, what about FPO though? So mine's probably different, but I picked Sarah Hokum. Um, she okay. so a few years back. She was in contention all the time. And yes. last year, she kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, new tour rig. Um, she just never really got into the top five much. Um, and then... No, it, when she did get there, she didn't seem to be able to hold on to it. Right. And this past year, um, she was a little bit more consistent. Uh, she got into the top five. She was competing for wins uh, throughout the year sometimes, uh, especially when we get closer to the northeast swing. Um, yeah. She, I think that she proved to be a comeback player of the year. I think she definitely improved from her 
downfall of the season before. So that is my pick for the comeback FPO of the year. Yeah, I'd have to say, like, I don't, I don't know that I just really have anybody else to put in that category. But you could make like an argument maybe for like Hennebloomers, right? But it's it's really hard to like categorize the European players in this award right now. Yes, because it was their first full return to tour, right? Um, and we know she was relevant and you know chasing a lot of wins, but the last time we saw her on the American side. So you could make an argument for her, but I would agree with with Sarah Hokum as well. I think that's that's a fine enough pick. Yeah. All right. All right. The Hawkeye Award, the deadliest sharpshooter from long distance, i.e., who's best off the tee. Um. Who do you got from uh, from MPO? So for me, um, it was <laughs> it was Simon again. Um, he just had a lights out year this past year, in my opinion. Um, his, his whole game was good, to be honest. Um, there's really not much else to say. There was, there was several people that I could have chose, I feel like, but I tried to stay away from stats truly and and trying to go by the eye test because this is like my my personal opinion of an award so with me watching throughout uh the season that i would probably say simon yeah i i would agree with that um but i'm not going to actually take him for my pick i'm gonna go with calvin heimberg Mm -hmm. um you could make an argument for Ricky Wysocki as well. However, I'm That's I'm gonna I just thinking. I I don't want to double up on awards for this, even though that is definitely a totally viable choice. Um, but I felt like Calvin probably is you know one of the best in game in the game at giving him himself looks from Circle One and Circle Two. Right. Um, in terms of you know the top top names on the tour that are really putting themselves in Circle One and Circle Two consistently it's Calvin Heimberg. Um, and you know, the fact that he was placing as well as he did as often as he was when his scramble rate was honestly considerably lower (laughs) than a lot of players really tells you that he was giving himself really good opportunities to still get birdies fairly often. Right. So that, that's going to be, be mine. Um, what about, uh, FPO? Um, so for FPO, um weird <laughs> sorry so many all the weird things yeah um for fpo uh i would probably uh say that who who i had was a double pick um but if you're not wanting to do doubles which I'm fine with. Um, I can go back and change my Hawkeye pick as well. But for now on FPO or... I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. So this this is the Hawkeye award. Well, yeah. I was talking about for no, MPO. If, I want, if you wanted me to change it, that way it's not double. No. Up. 
No, no, no. So for FPO, um, it was Evelina, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> Evelina <laughs> Solonen. Uh, she was arguably the best driver on the season. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna stop you right there, and you can go ahead and take the word arguably out. Okay, but she was um, yeah. the best off the tee. Uh, you know, some of this is is a lot of how we feel about this. Some of this is you know stats being supportive yeah. and and so on and so forth. This is one where it's clear cut. Like there is no ifs ands or buts. She had the best fairway hit percentage in FPO. She had the best circle ones in regulation and the best circle twos in regulation. By a fairly sizable margin in mm-hmm. all three of them, considering the fact that Kristen Tatar was as deadly as she was exactly. off the tee this year, Evelina Solonen actually beat her in all three of those categories, so it's pretty easy for me to just cut and dry. I mean, you're talking about somebody who putted 52% in Circle 1X and putted 8% in Circle 2, comparatively to uh, you know all of the best players are putting double-digit percentages and yeah. up near the 75% tile um in circle one x so you know you're talking about somebody who if she had some confidence putting she would have been in contention for every win this year along with Kristen. right that's how deadly she was off the tee yeah all right the dead shot award the best putter of the year um so for mpo uh in my opinion i'm going to give it my award to Ricky Wysocki. Um Fair enough. <laughs> it's it's so hard to uh to not double dip. <laughs> it it really, it is, really is, especially when the people um like stand out the most. You know what I mean? Um, right. But just so it's out there, that was Ricky Wysocki. Um but I think Paul was a very close second. Yeah. Uh, so I would say if you want to look for somebody who was constantly in contention and you want them to have been somebody who was in contention. So let's say you talk about like pitching awards in baseball. Like mm-hmm. when you're a pitcher and you're trying to get Cy Young, a lot of times you get counted out in Cy Young if your team wasn't in contention. Yeah. It's great that you had a 2.0 ERA. But your team also went 50 and 110. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's great. So if you're if you're going with somebody who is in contention, it has to be Paul Macbeth. Um, he was, you know, a few percentile above Ricky in both C1 and C2 this season. And, you know, if you take out maybe the first four Elite Series events on Ricky's stat line, it's probably a little bit closer because he left a lot of putts short in the early season, um, adjusting yeah. back to those daggers. However, I don't really care about how well they did in this season. So Andrew Marwood was the best putter this season. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of, it's not really all that close. He was um, second among all contestants uh, in circle two. And that includes a player that really didn't, play a lot of events he he played the quote-unquote minimum holes to be considered as a stat uh, right but you you wouldn't have i mean come on when was the last time you heard somebody say cameron messerschmidt yeah right and then on top of that he was two percent 
better than everybody else in circle one. Uh, I mean, you're talking about somebody who, if he was um, hitting circle ones or circle twos in regulation, the same as other players were last season, then he would have been up there with Simon Ricky competing for an MVP award. Right. So hands down, Andrew Marduid was the best putter last year. Right. And I remember seeing the post. Yeah. Hands down. Hands, hands down. Uh, I think that, that comment came in in chat uh, when we were talking about Evelina. Oh yeah. For that Hawkeye award. I don't know if you guys like those names, uh, let me know. I thought, you know, Hawkeye and Deadshot for long distance, basically long range throwing and, and putting awards. Or if you guys have a recommendation, what should we call them something else? I, I don't really know. Um, man, <laughs> this is just one of those moments where I can feel that I've been out of the podcast game for a few months. Like we took a break and you can tell we are just sloppy. Oh yeah. And, uh, I love it, but it's also a little uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, the only way, the only way to get comfortable is to be uncomfortable. Hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the training wheels off eventually, right? Right. You can't have an epic that's... comeback without being behind first. That, that's very true. Right? That That is very true. James Conrad knows a lot about that. Your puns. <laughs> your puns tonight. You're right. Well, it's just a fact. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, that was an epic comeback. Um, <laughs> what about... Uh... One of the probably most epic of all time, to be honest with you. Hey, yeah. Yeah, it's that's that is immortalized in in disc golf history. Is yeah, there's people that no don't question. even know what disc golf is and know that shot. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that is true. I th- I think that actually ended up at number two or number one on ESPN top ten. If that, it didn't get number one, I'm week. upset. I, it just, I don't it, remember. I know. There's I know no slam dunk that would have ever topped that. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> I've seen them all. Seen them all. <laughs> I've seen each of the every dunk of slams. Yeah, and none of them compare. Wow, you put your elbow to that in shot. It. Cool. I wish I was tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a honey dip. Okay. Honey do, honey dip. Honey, whatever. It wasn't James Conrad. Honey That's B. all I know. Exactly. It wasn't <laughs> disc golf Jesus. Hey, oh, this is really exciting. One of our regular listeners have have hopped in. Uh, Johnny, what's up? How you doing? Thank you for joining us. Uh, Yeah, it is a little different being on YouTube. This is very new for us. It is. Um, So yeah, this is this is very dry run for us. Uh, Hopefully, we'll we'll blast out this uh, channel a little more going forward next week. But I'm excited to be here. Oh yeah, you. Always happy. I'm beyond excited. Um. Um, what about predictions? Yeah, let's get right into Who's going to win these awards next year? So, I took the lead on most of these um, through the, the 2022. So, I'm going to let you take the lead on most of these through 2023 right. predictions. So, predictions are harder. There's so much more gut feeling. I have in, those. Uh, in predictions and both I have of us guts. have <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> you are a fat not joke? wrong <laughs> well i don't know that's a fat joke but it's definitely a good joke about somebody who eats taco bell a lot i do like my mexican pizzas okay <laughs> oh my gosh did you eat like seven in a row the day they came back i've never stopped 
No, I say I'm pretty I sure. I just got like, Mexican pizzas on deck. I, like no. my wife is not crazy about like general like fast foods, but I, I swear she might have gone to Taco Bell every day for a week when the Mexican pizza came oh, back. I did. I mean, there, it's literally the closest thing to my work. So Mexican pizzas, it was for literally, <laughs> I don't know, the past two months. As I scratch my I'm... neck with withdrawals, you know, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get my Mexican pizza. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, should we start from the backside and go up? We'll start with the Deadshot Award like and work our way like to the that. MVP? Yeah, let's do I like that. that too. Yeah. Let, let's, let's start like that. So, uh, award predictions for the 2023 season. Let's start with the Deadshot Award, uh, the best putter. Um. I think I'm going to go uh, with Ricky Wysocki. And for the reason that I explained why he would have been if you took out a few events from last season, I don't think you're going to see him out at LVC missing five or ten shots this first round on coverage short. Yep. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, I think that you're talking about something that's going to fall 90% of the time for him like it was towards the end of last year. Uh, I know he's been on all kinds of vacations this this uh off season and yeah. he should come back in living life and be refreshed uh and be ready to rumble so i'm pretty excited about that and i i think he's 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 got something good going especially yeah. with the putting stroke yeah i agree with that um i would say that uh my dead shot is gonna be Corey ellis uh I think that he's going to regain his title, regain that putting title. I that I'm calling it yeah. right now. Um, Corey Ellis is very sneakily under the radar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, my wife's in chat. She's she's not happy. I called her out on the Mexican pizza. Don't worry, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I don't um, even like the Mexican pizza, man. It didn't make a difference for me. Ah, you know what? You're not of this world. Just go on somewhere, you alien. It's it's the tomatoes, man. I just get it without tomatoes. Uh, you're right. You're right. But I I know. <laughs> every, like ninety percent of the time, like I order crunch wraps all the time, and I, I always order them without tomatoes. And ninety percent of the time, I don't get them need with excuses. tomatoes. Just do it. You know what? You know what? Just, just do no. it. <laughs> no. I'm trying to eat better. Mexican pizza, it doesn't get better. <laughs> Healthier, how about that? Oh, well. I, I, interestingly, I did actually watch a YouTube documentary not too long ago about how... Where's uh, that clicker counter YouTube, uh, <laughs> uh, Apparently, Taco Bell is actually, by, like, food numbers... Um, is the healthiest fast food there is. <laughs> I, that's not a joke. In, in terms of a large chain fast food restaurant, that's crazy. There's it's no actually way. the healthiest by like by sodium count, protein count, um, carbs, fats, all of it. It's it's healthier than any other fast food restaurant right now. That is, that is absurd. I, <laughs> I like I don't know what to say right now. It feels like I won an award for eating healthy. <laughs> you want to eat healthy fast food? <laughs> Taco Bell. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Okay. I don't. Did I say who I was? I was Corey Ellis. Oh Corey yeah. Ellis. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, we Coriolis didn't even make a, it, it through the first award. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Calvin Heimberg because we was talking about pizza. <laughs> Uh, Put the pizza yeah, in the oven. So, uh, what are what are we up to now? Five side oven. notes on on this episode. Five, more like fifteen. <laughs> okay, listen, 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 chat. Oh, listen. I thought you was gonna call me Linda. I was about to say Linda. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So to echo the Coriolis thing, I do have to say, like, we did award him the best putter for 2021 and I was pretty on board with the concept that he would end up being the best putter again this year. Um, and that it was really about how, how well he played on the fairways as to how well he would do. Well, we saw a slight dip in his putting and a huge, huge increase by Andrew Marweed. So don't, don't take too much away from Corey. It wasn't like massive dips in his oh, putting no. numbers. No, no, no. But his but fairway numbers were very good. His, he's coming back for his title. You watch. Oh, he want, he 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 did not. I I swear the two or three times I remember people talking about how Marweed's the best putter on tour right now. Marweed's the best putter on tour right now. Those were like the two or three events I thoroughly remember Corey Ellis being dead shot on the course. Right. He made everything every time. Yep. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> F, FPO. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah. Hey. I mean, I know who I'm going to go with. It's it's own Scoggins for me. No! You can't do it that has to me. To be, it has to be. She... All right, so I'm she going has, first the rest of the time. So here's, here's what I... <laughs> this is... <laughs> here's the thing about own. She had the best circle one percentage all of last season um, by 5%. I might add. And then on top of that, she had the best circle two. Statistically. By like, what was it? Almost 10%. What? And that, inc- and it, it was over 10% if you uh, take away any name that wasn't in contention. Eh. I mean, it's it's you know. it really she should have she should have won the putting award for last year, but we went a little more with our hearts than yeah. with the stats that time around. Yeah, uh, she was she was in what, she was there she was she was there. But you have to think of when we talk about what what Gannon Burr did and how he was always in contention. It was like we, he was always top five, top five, top five, top that ten, was top Owen five. Year. Owen Scoggins did that in FBO this year, and she did it because of her putting. Yeah. And it's very clear cut that is why she was always in contention is because mm-hmm. she was the best putter. All right, Hawkeye. The circles in regulation, best off the tee. Best off the tee. Who who's throwing darts out there? Um, you wanted to go first again, so Eagle McMahon. Oh, I have a really weird love hate relationship with Eagle right now. Uh, it's fine. the same love hate relationship I have in the same scenario. Should, I'm with... just gonna call it the Eagle Eye Award. Okay. Like, there you go. It, yep. The Eagle Eye. If only if he wins it though. Only if he wins it, the name. then we'll change the name. Okay. So I I completely agree that that is something that could absolutely happen. Um, I have I have a love hate relationship with him right now because it, it's like Simon right now. Okay, Simon could definitely be in contention for another you know Player of the Year award. He could also just be non-existent because of the disc switch. Right. Okay. And the same thing with Eagle, except not for switching companies, but for, you know, completely changing his diet, 
um, the injury, the recovery, you know, I, I think that there's no reason not to pick him, but I'm always scared to pick him right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm never scared. I'm never scared. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a bold prediction, but it's just not. It's, it's 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 just not. Like I would like to claim that it is, but it's like, oh, you picked the guy that can throw the farthest. Nah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I mean, but can Bazooka he do would have something to accurately? say about that. Who? Bazooka would have something to say about that. Meh. Eagle can out throw Come him. On. Come on, seven ten at USDGC on a golf line. Eagle can do it. He did seven twenty eight uh, on a golf line. Yeah, but yeah, you're you're right. But okay, uh, he's that's... also coming off an injury. Eagle could have been just... too. He did his light therapy. Okay, I'm, I'm saying Eagle's coming off the injury, not the bazooka. That's what I was talking about. Okay, <laughs> you said Eagle could be too, and I was I got confused. I thought you were talking conf- about when it happened. <laughs> I got confuzzled, okay? Uh, I'm going to go a little off off the cuff here. I'm going to give it to Chris Dickerson. And the reason being is I I really feel like he lost a little bit of of his mojo during that long break. Right. And I've kind of noticed I've noticed something about his his offseason this year has been a little bit different. He hasn't played a whole lot of local events like he usually does in the spring. I think, speculatory here, I think there's a, a chance that he and his wife might have been spending a lot more time together um, and just trying to take a break, take the offseason in, be together, enjoy it for what it is in preparation of not taking as long of a break this season. Right. Um, so I think you're talking about a player that if he doesn't take that long break, probably could have been in contention for this this award as well. Right. So, I think it's a possible option. I, I definitely see him being viable for right. this pick. Fapo. I did not know that. Is that... I, I mentioned it. I mentioned his diet change. What? Did I just like... Yep. Yeah, his double, his double G series vegan jerky is no longer. Uh, I believe the last, the last made was their last run of it. Um, and... I I believe basically what happened is he he really started talking to some dietitians and it kind of came around to his healing and his injury wasn't coming along the way that he had hoped and he'd hoped it was and some dietitians probably pointed him in the direction that his diet was the problem. was a factor yeah. in why he wasn't recovering the way he wanted to. Um, not that he never would recover if he stayed on that diet, so you're but telling me it would aid in his recovery. The eagle is back on like meat. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what all meats he's eating. I can't, that video where he announced it was so long ago. But I know he was definitely eating fish and chicken last last time I heard. Yep. That's, uh... Ah, well, that changes my mind. I don't see why. If anything, like, that that gives... I'm talking about I, Oh, <laughs> let's get there. let's get there later. <laughs> let's get there. He needs he needs real proteins. Well, I I mean, don't get me wrong. Proteins are are found in plants, but ain't the same. Okay. Yeah. It just 
And, and we're not hating on anybody that is vegan at all. I mean, I mean, str- strictly speaking, if you if you think about it uh, from a dietitian standpoint, side note number thirty-seven, um, I think soy is actually the most complete protein on the planet, ingestible protein like on the planet. Soy However, sauce, soybeans, soybeans. So just soy in general. Um, however, I believe that the amount that you have to eat it to obtain all of those proteins in a viable number is also going to give you symptoms of estrogen overload. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, okay. Is that because, I mean, so that's that's why, um, like, soy is no longer a popular uh, milk alternative is because of the high estrogen levels. Hmm. Yeah, okay. All right. Off of that side note. Yep, I learned something <laughs> new. Thanks uh, for that, F- Johnny. F- FPO. <laughs> FPO. Uh, Hawkeye? FPO? Hawkeye. Is gonna be... Hmm. I'm gonna say... want to say that um i'm going to go with i'm gonna go with katrina allen um i think i think she had like a little bit of an underwhelming year just in her standards. Um, Did she have an underwhelming year, or yeah. was Kristen Tatar just that good? That's what I don't really know. It's so hard to, to be tell. honest. I, there, Chris, Kristen Tatar really, like, just... She skewed the numbers last year, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. It's hard I mean, I mean, hard like, to Ka- say. Katrina basically lost to Tatar on two separate occasions by one stroke. Yeah. Basically. But, I mean, so yeah, I I don't think that's a bad pick at all. No, and I I've always liked her drives um, a lot better than her putting, <laughs> as most people that's have. True. So she's one of the you know she's one of the most comfortable in FPO throwing rollers, which is always really really cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty, cor- I'm pretty. Cor- courses are definitely getting longer in FPO as well. So those rollers really come Katrina handy. as a pick. Uh, what about you? Um, I'm gonna kind of go. The same route in in FPO that I went in MPO and go with Haley King, another player who ended up taking a little bit longer of a sabbatical than I think most of us were expecting. Right. Um, Now, she came out of her sabbatical really hot and then cooled off, interestingly enough. Um, But she was still basically top five in fairways, circle ones, and circle twos. Uh, So with a full season, no more weird, like, moving stuff. The switch is gone. you know, whatever, the wisdom teeth getting pulled, whatever yeah. else that caused her to take that weird long break and miss it's, a couple other tournaments so late season as because, well. because, like, everybody forgets that she won a major. Like... I don't. I, I, well, you don't, but, like, <laughs> it's, it's like... She, I think it's just because I'm, like, a weird Haley King fan. Like, I'm always... She's one of the few players that I feel like I'm always rooting for. Hailstorm. Um, on Twitch, you just gotta plug in. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Haley is a, uh, is a good solid pick. Um, 
hopefully we do get to see a little bit more more of her this year right. that way we can kind of really see the true testament of it absolutely all right uh, comeback player of the year um poo mpo mpo <laughs> yep my mind went to taylor tubbies <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. It's, I was I always call FPO FPO, so I was like, "What do I call MPO?" MPO. MPO. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. It's like the little I'm red so Teletubby. Right What's your name? MPO. MPO. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, I can't yeah. stop. Won't stop. Yeah, never. Undefeated, never lost. All right, so <laughs> comeback player. Is Nico LaCastro for me? Yeah. Um, I have never found myself rooting for Nico more than I ha- will be this year. Um, Agreed. And it's not just because of him moving to Lone Star. Um, but it's a little bit of that. It is that. Not just, but it's just. It's not a just. Bit. It helps. It definitely helps. But. Nico has got an opportunity to show and prove somebody something, right? He's got the opportunity to prove a lot of people something. And I'm rooting for him. I feel like he is in an underdog situation. And I really, really always try to pull for an underdog. I don't know what that is about, but but I do. I like underdog stories. Now, I know he's been great. He's been in relevance, and he is still in relevance, just not for the right things sometimes. <laughs> um, so this season, I say that he has the best comeback season and puts himself in relevancy for winning tournaments and being in contention. All right. All right. I can see that. I'm, I'm going to take a, just a quick look here a at, at one player. Because I really agree with you on the Nico pick. But I just want to see if this is. I know, I know, I agree. I get it. I get it. I don't want to get copyrighted. All right, this this might be an offhanded pick. No, this might be an offhanded pick. I'm going to go with Kevin Jones. I like that. He was my second Um, pick. Kevin Jones, I mean, 2020 was really, really good for the shortened season that we had. Yeah. Um, 2021, he was in contention a lot. 2022, he sat at 25th for most of the events of the season. It was like, Kevin Jones, where is he? You're like scrolling down the leaderboard. You're like, you're like, Kevin, Kevin, (coughs) Kevin, where are you? 25th. Right. Kevin, where are you? 28th. Kevin, where are you? 23rd. Yeah. It just, it really felt like he was out of relevancy a little too often last year. Um, and I think he gets that back this year. Maybe maybe he took a little too much time focusing on some of the other aspects of his life, like his music or, um, right. you know, his, his uh, creator series discs. Uh, and maybe forgot to just get out and play some days. Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt like there was starting starting to get that fire back towards the end of the season, but it was just kind of like a too little too late. 
So I expect him to kind of hit the ground running this year and and be relevant again. I'm I, I'm with it. I like that pick. Um. Okay, so now moving on to the FPO. The popo. Po-po. Yeah. All right, who you got? Uh, <laughs> I really like. I really just want to do like say something kind of stupid. Okay. Uh, because I know it's not going to happen, but uh, you know, like, like what if Heather Young just randomly just hopped back on the tour? That would be nowhere? awesome. There's zero news of that, by the way. Do not do not take this as information. I know I live fairly close to her. There is no talk around here about whether or not she like it. It is a conversation about wow. I haven't seen her in a while. I hope she's doing okay. That that is pretty much what our local scene says about her right now. Right. Um. But I'm gonna go on the other side and go with the more obvious pick of Kona Panis. Yeah, that's my pick too. I don't even think we really need to talk about that one too long. No. Um, she underperformed last season, and that, that's pretty much yep. that's pretty much it. after being uh, very relevant, know, gaining a lot of traction uh in yes. both social media world and in the uh events world and uh contract world yeah so <laughs> i i think i think she's due yeah so i i i you know for her to to get the award that i would call comeback player of the year i'm gonna say guys don't don't expect her to come out and have like a christian tatar season um, but expect her to be more competitive on a regular basis and maybe sneak out a couple of wins. If she could be the own of this next season, that's that huge. That has to be there, though. <sighs> She's got time. She's had time. So yes, yeah, we'll see. Well, she and she was she was like. So here's the funny thing: is when you talk about players that have a lot of like their bag switches. There's always the question of how comfortable are they with their bag, and eventually every player that switches bags seemingly hits a point where they start feeling comfortable with their bag. Like I said, right. Ricky Wysocki looked really uncomfortable for a while. Texas State, he pulled everything together. Yep. Okay, um, and there were a few other players that that kind of followed that same guideline in along with their switches last season, and never once felt like Kona ever figured out her bag. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just don't expect that to be the case this season. I just don't. Yeah. I I think the sophomore season with Dynamic will be uh, a little better. I think she'll have things figured out. All right. Going on to most improved. Um, most improved. Yeah. Who you got for MPO? For MPO. I don't know who I do. Do you have one in mind already? Um. So, yeah. I do, but uh, there could be like a stipulation, I guess, um, because he was relevant, but not to the point of, oh my god, he's top 10 material all the time, you know, so Kyle Klein is, is who I'm saying is going to be my most improved. Um, because not only his good season two seasons ago, mm-hmm. it was good, but I think he could improve on that a lot, right? And he didn't last year, 
So I'm saying he's improving overall as a player, yeah. not just from last season. Yeah, and I I actually I fumbled around with um, Kyle Klein as my second after KJ for comeback player. Right. I just wasn't sure how much I wanted to call that sophomore season of his like a right a relevant season versus that's exactly kind of where I felt with it. So, so that's why I ended up going KJ over that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. Some people are going to look at me and be like, this is the softest pick of all time. Um, but interestingly enough, when we talked very early in the last season, when we kind of covered the, the Shelly Sharp Memorial and we talked about Anthony Barilla. All right, go ahead. No, actually, no, I, I'm not going to. I think what? that this, the struggle of Anthony Barilla already like struggling to meet his ceiling on top of now adding a disc change to it. I think the disc change could help propel him to meeting that ceiling a little bit quicker, but I really think the player that you might see take the next step in their career this year is actually going to be Aaron Gossage. Uh, And one of the reasons for that actually is through a couple of videos, I think we saw a little bit of Aaron hanging out with Paul Paul McBeast a little it, bit this off season. It matters. I'm telling and you, it matters. Getting a little friendly, and uh, I really like. There were some moments in some of those videos where I kind of felt like Paul kind of had a couple of like take you under my wing kind of moments with Aaron Gossage. Right. Um, and I think that that you know we saw a lot of uh, Barella hanging out with with Macbeth as well. The difference is is that Barella is going to struggle in the early part of the season regardless because of the new bag he's going to throw stuff that he has no idea what it does at the elevation that he goes to that day um especially in the early part of the season aaron's not gonna have to struggle with that (laughs) johnny disc golf's in chat saying ganon burr man i can't i can't award ganon burr most improved player after awarding him most improved player for 2022 that would be impressive, though. Could you imagine <laughs> if he comes out and has a Simon season with a with a world, uh, with a, a world, a world title or Champions Cup or a Euro? Even it doesn't it just or a back to back USDGC. Uh, yeah, or any major that's not USDGC, really. Yeah, like that would that would be pretty wild. But I don't know when you had the best average placement of any player in in all of disc golf. Yeah. The only thing you can get better at at that point is actually taking the wins. The wins, right? And this is a tough field, so oh, it's tough. It's 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 going to be really hard for him to just outstandingly be the most improved player given what he did last year. But I am not putting it out of the question, Johnny. Like I, seriously, I'm not. Like I, 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 I got high hopes for Gannon. I'm telling you. <laughs> But so here, answer, riddle me this: If if Gatenberg goes out there and he wins a silver series, a major, and two elite series, That's and has a similar important. average, just listen, and it has an, a similar average placement, and then Aaron Gossage does this year what uh, Gatenberg did last year, so best average placement in all players, and then a major and a silver series, who would you consider the 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 most improved? Right. I mean, yeah. It's just it's so that he made the gap of what would make him the the, most improved player so tiny as to what he has to do to attain that again. 
it would be really hard for him. I mean, he would have to basically be, he would have to do what Ricky did last year, this year, and then add a major in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, FPO. With FPO, most improved, um, I'm just going to go right out and say uh, Macy. Philadias. Um, I truly think that she is the more that she is on tour, the more that she sees these courses and prepares and kind of understands the preparation now. I feel yes. like she's about to take a huge jump. Yeah, I'm gonna be completely honest. I I'm agreeing with you there. She's my pick as well. And it goes back to that conversation that we talked about last week on the last show. Week, yeah. Where I had mentioned the last time I had seen her in person and talked to her a little bit, she admitted that um she struggled with how to recoup from event to event and get her mind straight when the last event didn't go so well how did she mentally prepare for the next event and she struggled with that um and as the season went on she learned that she can't hold that previous event over her head as she goes into her next event and that one thing alone is going to be the difference for her and not only is that going to prepare or propel would be a better word propel her to a better average finish this year compared to last year. I think it also means that she ends up with a couple of wins. Yeah. Hey, I mean, she's already halfway there. Technically she's taken a 2023 silver series event. Yeah. Technically. It's a good start. It is a good start. Um, all right. So that one nailed out pretty easy. Now to the whole shebang. MVP. All of it. Each of the everys. Each of the everys. Many much so. Um, MVP, MPO, go. A lot of people aren't going to like me for this one. Ganon Burr. Because I think Ganon Burr has to do less to be the player of the year than he would have to do to be the most improved player. Given everything that we talked about and the scenarios that we talked about and what it takes to be most improved because you could be a very low player and just play exceptionally well and be most improved simply because you went from being an 80th player to a top 20 player. Ganon Bird does not have to do that. Right. He is already up in the top five right now. Uh, and I, I think that he could sneakily underhand Ricky and Paul for, for a most valuable player. Yeah. I, um, Ganon is the only one that is competing with my pick. Uh, in in my personal opinion, uh, and that's Eagle. So I just I see Eagle coming back in full fashion, especially now. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing, and I one of the things I want to say about Eagle, um, is if he is not in MVP contention this year, I think he 100% is a top three candidate for MVP in 2024. Yeah. Assuming we see a progression with his injury similar to Simon. But the thing is, is that Eagle was already in 2021 learning how to play disc golf by backing off and throwing the best shot, not just the wildest shot. Yeah, I know. So I think that because of that, you might actually see the progression move forward a little bit quicker than what we saw with Simon, where Simon really tried to fight through his injury to be who he was before. Right. And 2022 is when he accepted that he will never be that player again. And I think Eagle, not only number one, having Simon as a friend to help him through an elbow injury as a big forehand thrower, 
But number two, being able to sit and watch Simon learn how to be the best disc golfer, not just the, the best thrower, uh, is, is going to propel him to be a better player quicker than Simon came around to that realization. Right. So uh, it is not a bad pick at all. Yeah, no, that's my pick. <sighs> do, 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 do. FPO. Yes. FPO MVP. <laughs> This was this is a really hard one for me, um, comparatively to literally every other award, because I think there's two answers, and it's Kristen Tatar or Paige Pierce. Kristen Tatar is a very safe pick. I think she's definitely the person that you could say that she's going to come out and she's going to do what she needs to do, and she's going to be available to be that player. The question is not with her, but with Paige, and whether Paige comes out this season with that killer instinct that she talked about she was lacking through a lot of last season. Is there something that's going to kick for her this offseason that tells her, I want to be that player again? If there is, then she can win it. If if it didn't kick in this offseason, then I think Kristen Tatar goes pretty much uh, uncontested. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Someone else who has that killer instinct. I think her name starts with a V. It does. I'm going with Valerie Mondahano. Um, I I just honestly feel like making the move this season benefits her so drastically. Um, and I think we see it early, and I think we see it. I, I truly do. Like, this is just my prediction, but I truly feel like we see this early and it and, and it continue on. Um, Kristen was my surefire pick, uh, but it was too easy. So, I'm going with Val. So, my contention with Val is that she has to do against Kristen against the possibility of Paige uh, being a Killer Instinct player again, against the possibility of Haley King really, you know, stepping into the season and not, you know, not having any distractions like she did last year, um, and a couple other players that I'm not going to rattle off every every player, then she has to, against all of those players, do essentially what Ricky did last year, which is... You're going to miss a couple of events because of the injury. That means you are already severely behind on learning your bag after a bag switch, which puts her even farther behind where Ricky was at the beginning of last season. And then you have to recover from that, relearn all of your discs again for the second year in a row, and then be competitive again. And she's good enough to do it, but I just don't know if there's enough time. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm sticking with it for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad pick. I just, I don't personally, in my opinion, I don't think that there's going to be enough time. Um, because I, I would say you're going to look at four events to get her bag underneath her and comfortable, and that is four four events post return from injury. What I just, injury I don't know does that... she have? She had a complete rupture of the ligament in her ankle. Hmm. 
So that's that's not a a two week injury. That is six weeks in a boot. Yeah. So I think I I I think she's still registered for Waco, but I I know she's missing LVC for sure for sure. Right, she's still registered, but so I I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I I I got to be honest, I I I'm on the Twitter for anybody who's ever wondering. Um, yours truly, Daniel over here does ninety nine point nine percent of the work on the Twitter. And across from me, Ethan does 99.9% of the work on Instagram, which is really 100% minus maybe one time that I ask him to post something on my behalf throughout the year. Right. Um, So she's a lot more active on Instagram than she is on any other social. So you would see more about her than I do personally. Mm -hmm. So my information could be a little outdated in terms of her recovery process. But the last that I heard... (coughs) She was the, the the interview most recently that I saw come through on Twitter, which was like in the last seven days, was how are you feeling about this upcoming season? And she just said, I just want to throw, which means she's not even throwing yet. Right. We shall see. So how many players are Johnny. in new bags this season? Vegas is gonna be interesting. The so <clears throat> this is what I if went you want through to, last but, year or last season. But, <laughs> Before we get anywhere, shameless plug here, Johnny. If you want the more in-depth version of that, check out our episode last week. We literally recapped every switch or move of the entire offseason in the episode last week, which, of course, we didn't do live because, you know, technology fought us. But it is available on Spotify, Instagram, and here on YouTube as a recorded version. Absolutely. Now, what I will say is... There are many much players that so are in many. new bags, and so many. A lot of them went to Lone Star. Um, a couple went to Discraft. Nobody went to Dynamic, right? Nobody went to Dynamic. No high profile. Yeah, names. and then one went to MVP. So. I think that one with Simon uh, will be one of the funner ones to kind of follow along with. Um, and honestly, I'm excited to see Emerson Keith, um, especially when it comes to like Waco. Yes. Because of because of how he done um, at the previous tournament there. Um, I'm going to I'm going to make a bold a bold statement. Um I would say expect uh three lone star players top 10 at Waco this year. I like it. I like it. I think that that might be a little bit of a hot take, but Johnny um, said I listened to it. You're already. talking You're the you're best, talking Johnny, him. you know that. You're a top tier 1000 rated listener. <laughs> um yeah, I I think that's a pretty that's a pretty hot take, but for for some context, number one, you know, Lone Star is based out of Conroe. A lot of those players hang out in that area a lot mm-hmm. this time of year. They're doing tournaments all over. They will have spent more time with their new bags in Waco than any other players leading into Waco, yep. and that could make a huge difference. 
I agree. I agree. I I'm I'm with it, so um here Just a little moment of one, hums yeah. and silence while one, uh, one player Ethan looks that at his I home. did want to uh want to talk about a little bit. Um there well, there's a couple that I just want to run by you, MPO wise. Um sure. and tell me what you your predictions player wise is. Okay. And that is Adam Hammis. Isaac Robinson and uh where did he go? Um uh, oh I lost him. Oh well. Uh, um Yeah, we'll go with those two. <laughs> uh Isaac Robinson and Adam Hammis. What about um, Bernie Smith? You want to talk about Brody too? Yeah, we talked about Brody too. Sure. So, Isaac finished twelfth in uh, the DGPT rankings, mm -hmm. the tour ranking. Excuse me. Um, tied for twelfth. No, excuse me. That's for this season. I hate how they they have all these. Fifteenth is what he uh, placed solo. Fifteenth in the Pro Tour last year. Um. And that included a majority of the tour. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if we're going to talk just points, expect him to, at the very least, move up closer to the top 10, if not in the top 10, purely based on the fact that this is essentially his second uh, full tour. Right. So he got that full tour under his belt. He struggled mightily for quite a few events up until uh, Idlewild. Um, and even still, he he went to some of his more like his first timer events, the first time he had been at a couple of those events and struggled. And I don't expect him to struggle quite as bad at some of those locations like he did. Um, I think he's going to be a little bit better prepared. So I am essentially guaranteeing that in terms of point standings, he will increase his ranking. Increase. And with yes. Adam? Adam, I'm going to call an increase as well. I don't think okay. that there's the, – the thing about Adam is he played so poorly in general last year compared to what he's capable of that I don't know that I see him falling any lower right. than what he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get that. But no, I was just, I was curious. Um, so, quickly, if you were wondering. The reason I, I want that, because of uh, fantasy disc golf. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted some opinions. Fair. So, Hamas finished 17th in his tour ranking last year. Now, keep in mind, that included Waco, 77th. That is non-cash. Okay? Texas State, 50th. Champions Cup, 88th. Yeah. You know, I mean, he cleaned it up a little bit later in the season, but he also hit another really rough patch towards the, the back leg. Ledgestone and Des Moines and Worlds consecutively went 65, 44, and 41st. Um, and then 50th at MVP. I just, I don't see a world where he doesn't improve those events. Right. No, I'm, I just, I, I, I think so too. Um, yeah, 
I I agree. So, um, now you want to go ahead and get into the uh, schedule preview for the events. Hey, you want to talk about Brody for a second? Oh, I'm just see, I forgot about I'm that. I'm so interested. Yep. Yeah. In Brody, um, Brody finished 27th in tour ranking last year, and he was. He was pretty all over the place. Um, you know, he definitely 83rd, had his events that he shined at. Yeah, 83rd at Waco. Um, a lot of 30th places in and out. I'm not going to call all of those out. Um, 51st at Champions Cup. A lot of a lot more 30s. 80th at Preserve. 44th at Ida Wilds. Um, now Great Lakes Open, he went ninth. That was. That's a tough, tough track out there. Um, but 51st, 53rd at Ledgestone, 83rd at Des Moines, and 41st at Worlds. Did you skip uh, Nadio? Yeah, it was one of his 30s. 30s really? I, I thought he placed third. No, yes, you're right. He was third. Yeah. Um, I was kind of looking more for his bad events to, to see where he could improve. Right. So here's the thing, is he has a lot of places he can easily improve. And for anybody who has been keeping up with Brody this offseason, he's gone out there and shed 20 or 30 pounds of non-use uh, body weight and probably tacked on a solid amount of muscle. Um, and from, from what I've heard, uh, including a tweet directly back at me when I asked how his body was feeling the first couple of times he went out to throw this year, his back is not hurting this season, which he was really excited about. And I know he struggled a lot with his knees last year as well. Yeah. I don't expect him to struggle with those knees quite as often this season. Um, I think you might see him jump up considerably into maybe even the top 20 in points rankings. I would say he's in top 20 for sure uh, after after this year. I, I agree. Um. He's consistently gotten better. He's just out to prove people wrong and to prove himself right. That's that's a recipe for success if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. Power to you, Brody. Power to you. All right, let's talk about the schedule. The skeddy, bro. All right. Well, coming up, um, February 17th through the 19th, we get our all-star event. Um, next week, we'll go into more details, um, about that, but, yeah, um, that one's, I mean, that's an, that's a niche event, um, yeah, but it was this fun is one of those for us events. last year, truly, to, a lo- to kind of pick, yeah, a lot more fun last year than it was the year before, for yeah, sure, for sure, uh, for just sure. to watch in general, um, I mean, come on, who who out there is not hoping for another wild 500-foot skip ace again right? this year? Come on. If it doesn't happen, I'll just be disappointed at this point. Yeah. Uh, Nico? <laughs> Nico set the set the bar high out there on yeah, that. Yeah, he did. An eagle with the under-the-limb throw-in to Ty Calvin? I mean... That was wild. A lot of stuff, really competitive stuff happened at All-Stars yeah. last year, and it was fun to watch. So if you hadn't watched it, definitely tune in this time. Um, so moving on into like the so-called regular season, um, we got our first event 
That's uh, February 23rd through the 26th at the Wild Horse, or at least one of the courses, at Las Vegas Challenge. Um, it's one of my least favorites, but it's also one of my most exciting ones. So, Yeah, so it, hands down, LVC is like one of the worst events on tour. However, the placement it's still is... one of the it's still one of the best events of the year simply because it's the first. Exactly. Um and it, I mean it's definitely not a bad place to kick off the season. Uh I have not watched any of the course previews yet. I know that Innova posted all of three courses on the course preview on their YouTube. So if you haven't, definitely go and watch those um if you're interested to see what the course looks like this year. I know there were a couple of quote-unquote big changes i don't know what that means because like i said i haven't watched it yet um but it's definitely that somewhat lackluster concept it's more Um, on watching the play the players and their new bags rather than watching how the course plays and how demanding it is yes and that's okay for a first event it truly is yeah and you know to be completely honest it's a really gimmicky style um of play because of what they do on that golf course. For example, the triple Island par four, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's a really interesting one to just see how players are going to play. And the courses, because there's three, three different courses that all kind of, um, play a little bit different. It is a really great look into everybody's new bag specifically. Right. So that's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch at the very least. Yeah. Um, and then I, what I consider to be the true, true season opener, this is where the season starts to get hot and heavy, uh, is Waco. <laughs> Excuse me. Waco is going to be March 10th through the 12th. Um, and as always, it is the annual charity open. Love that they, it, it's the biggest char- charity event on the tour. Absolutely. Um, and it is one of the most demanding courses on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for all that it's worth, especially with those early season wins. Yeah, <laughs> those wins are brutal. Um, yeah, uh, but I like this LBC, event early in the year. Yeah, LBC gives us a good look into everybody's bag. Waco gives us a look into how comfortable everybody is with their new bag. It's it's the it's literally like night and day. It's like okay, get out here, get your feet wet, have fun out at LVC. It's like you know. Really kind of get get in the groove, and then Waco's it's a like big win if you get it, but yeah, right. Waco is where you. And then really... Waco's like, let oh. me put my foot on your head and hold you underwater. <laughs> so, <laughs> good luck breathing. Yeah, I hope you uh, hope you brought your scuba gear. Yeah, <laughs> let's see who has a snorkel and who doesn't. Yeah, let's uh, let's see. So, um, Waco. Uh, yeah, Waco is what Waco is. Yep. Uh, March seventeenth through the nineteenth. You have the open at Austin. Yep, presented by Lone Star Disc. Yeah, Lone Star actually goes back to back here, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, first and foremost, it was interesting to see that they got rid of Texas State, um, which I am happy for, to be completely honest. Um, I always felt weird, number one, just having a state championship be an elite series. Right. Um, and I think this kind of helps bring Texas State back to being Texas State and not just a tour stop. Yeah. 
uh, even though they, they actually believe there's still a, a Silver Series this year, but it, it just it brings us back to that. Yeah. Um, and the Open at Austin, I don't know we as don't. much about it as I wish I. I mean, we yeah, we we don't know to. anything about it really yet. Um. Um. <laughs> we will. I know eventually. Yeah. Now, is is the Open at Austin just the Belton course, and it's being I renamed for its Elite Series debut? I don't think or... so because Belton is not in Austin. Oh, yeah, Music City Open isn't in Nashville. Well, yeah, but that's not music. Music City is not a place. <laughs> like it's not like there's not an actual place in Tennessee called Music City. Like, no, but Music City has a connotation that it means Nashville. Well, yeah, it's like going to San Francisco and being being on the Oakland side of the bay and being like, I'm in the city, and everybody but at least in San Francisco. In the, at least it's in the same county no, as Nashville. Everybody, <laughs> everybody is going to look at you like the city's over there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> True, but you know we're not throwing discs <laughs> down Broadway. Don't tempt me with a good time. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I just, I, I already I said don't I either. Don't, I, don't. I, um, yeah, there's not a lot about it yet. So we'll we'll get to that when we get there. Um, but then, uh, yeah, we go into uh, the Texas states. Um, Innova. Yeah, I think it's Innova Open. Hold on, I I still I'm I'm gonna be stuck on this. I have to know because it shouldn't be showing. Is it? Huh. I think it has to be because it's just. It, I mean, to people in Texas, it's just known as the Open. Right. I don't know. I guess we'll figure out. <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know. The Open at Austin. I don't know why they wouldn't just continue it to call it the Belton. I don't know. But I, you well, because it's not, it's not called the Belton. It's just called the Open. The Open at Belton. So this one's the Open at Austin. I know, but they don't call it that. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you do, you, you remember the yellow flags that they have all over the course, and it just says the open. It doesn't say the open at Belton. It just says the open. I mean, I don't remember those flags, honestly. But I see them on. I see the Fair thing enough. on the, on the, the schedule. Um. Yeah. Then the next weekend, March 24th through the 26th, you have the Innova Open at the 28th annual Texas States. Um. That is a Silver Series, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it got it got hit with the demote button. Right. Um. And then getting the promote button, we jump states. We go from Texas out to uh, our neck of the woods here at Tennessee. Um, yeah. And. That is interesting as well, actually. The Music City Open in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, presented by Lone Star. It says it's at Mill Ridge. It is. So, actually, I wanted to... I, I So, for anybody who's been listening to us for a long time, we actually talked about how Mill Ridge was taken over by Metro. Correct? 
Right. However, Metro did not change the purpose of it. They actually have designated it to being um, a Metro-funded public park. So it is going to continue being a park space, and they are going to continue holding it at Mill Ridge. That's great. They can really build off of that course. That course has a lot of potential. Yes. Uh, interestingly enough, I actually had a had a couple of people kind of come at me on Twitter about that. Uh, I was talking about um, Music City Open a week or two ago at Twitter, and I had somebody kind of come at me like, like, oh, I remember, you know, the courses when it was uh, back as a national tour, and man, honestly, I hope they never go back to either of those courses. And yeah. I was like, I mean, the changes they made from the national tour year at Mill Ridge to last year as a Silver Series were outstanding. And that was before the support yeah. of the Pro Tour being right. added onto it. Um, you know, I, I and, it, you know, for us having been there, we actually had the the opportunity to kind of see how everything was being run. And in my opinion... Jeff Spring, the staff, and the tournament directors out there, they took everything extremely seriously, including the, the player complaints, um, what needs to change, what what doesn't need to change. Not saying that everything a player suggested is going to change, but Jeff Spring was definitely taking all, all of those notes very seriously last year. So I fully expect them to grow on last year and not go backwards. It's going right. to be a good course this year. Yeah, I'm, I I'm agree. Pretty, pretty and I can't, I can't wait to be out there. Um, let's see here. And then moving on, the next weekend will be the Blue Ridge Championship, uh, presented by Innova. It is in Marion, North Carolina. North Cove Disc Golf, the Gorge. Um, yeah, I... now, as far as the Gorge, I've seen several YouTube videos where people are playing at the Gorge. So I know a little right. bit about the course, and it looks like a very, very awesome course. So I'm excited to see that one. Um, and then that that leads you into our first major of the year, the Champions Cup, presented by Bushnell uh, in Appling, Georgia, at the IDG, IDGC WR Jackson Memorial. Um, yes. Yeah, so I would love for us to somehow have been able to uh, make it out to Champions Cup. Yeah. But literally, it's on the due date of when my baby will be here. Um, at least, supposedly. Honestly, I mean, right now, you know, both of us are, are planning uh, at being at MCO and there's there's a little bit of like a we just yeah. hope that party doesn't get spoiled yeah. too quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 some potentials here. Um, so yeah, for for the listeners of the podcast that do not know yet, um, uh, my wife <laughs> is expecting. Uh, so we are expecting to have a little girl in late April. April twenty third is the due date as of right now. We uh, we get an updated due date on Thursday, so we shall see. Alright. Yeah. Um and you wanna take it on from the Champions Cup a little ways? On to the yeah, next Yeah, we'll go for a little while. Alright, so from Champions Cup, they will be uh no breaks. They're going straight over to the Jonesboro Open. Uh that is gonna be April twenty eighth through the thirtieth. 
that is going to be a three-day event at the disc side of heaven of course because why would jonesboro ever move right come on um you know that's going to be that's going to be a really fun one that that's you know champions cup is is going to be what everybody is really looking forward to at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. um and jonesboro is is definitely going to be something special to watch it always feels like uh some players that especially had maybe subpar weeks at champions cup kind, kind of, of come retaliation. out firing. yeah yes yeah, I, we saw it out of Calvin and Paul in particular, where, where Calvin did not have the final round at Champions Cup he wanted. Paul had the final round that he wanted, but he did not have the tournament he wanted at Champions Cup. And both of them took it out on the Jonesboro course. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that is uh, extremely exciting. Um, our first European entry uh, on the uh, Tour Points available events at the Copenhagen Open, that is May 5th through the 7th. That is going to be in Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, obviously, we don't know a whole lot about that one. It is sponsored by Prodigy. And, of course, I mean, it's live disc golf. Who could be mad about that? Um, right. I couldn't, couldn't tell you much about who's actually registered for that event. Uh, and if there are too many notable names, I'm sure there's going to be some. Um but disk is loading everything extremely slow right now. So uh, there is I don't no even list. know that they've opened yeah, there is no list registration for Copenhagen. For yet. Yep. All right, moving on. May. And that's actually, interestingly enough, in terms of tour, that's going to be a solo. So that'll be the only events broadcasting that weekend. So we won't even have to necessarily fight between two events to watch right. a European tour event. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, coming up May 12th through the 14th is going to be a three-day tournament at OTB Open sponsored by MVP yet again, and that's in Stockton, California. Um, I do believe they are staying at their same venue, which is really exciting because the growth between 21 and 22 showed exponential improvements on that course. And so I'm really hoping that they can even improve on that a little bit more. Yeah, it was one of the funner courses to watch last year. Um... Yes. Uh, Yeah, for, for something that was like a temporary course built that was one of the better ones. Yep. That I agree. Really saw. Um, uh, chat's asking if we're going to be hanging around MCOM's party. Uh, I won't be because AMS is going to be a different week than Crows. So um, I'm maybe probably not going to be around. Um, I'll be back on my side of the state by then. Uh, coming up after OTB, they head up north on the west coast up to the Beaver State Fling. That is going to be in. Uh, Estacada, Oregon, and May nineteenth and twenty first. Good old Milo McIver. There were some some questions weren't whether that course was actually going to be playable this year, right? Uh, because of some fires that they had. So I'm excited to see that they're confident in continuing to hold that event there, um, and that as of right now there are no issues with that. So right. that should be good. Also on the nineteenth through the twenty first, the Belgian Open is going to be um, held in Belgium. Yeah, so I was be... going to see if he was going to try to say that first, uh, actually, like, where it's at in Belgium. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, with that. I'm out. Uh, It is, like, brain... Good try. Yeah. Applaud. Pat yourself on the back for the, for the attempt. <laughs> oh, I'm sore. <laughs> oh, so sore. That'll be on the same weekend as, as Beaver State, so that'll be a double up. Um... I don't think they've really announced how they're going to do live coverage for silver events this year, however. So uh, 
if live coverage is just going to be final rounds again like they were last year i'm assuming that's the plan right yeah i think so all right, moving on. Uh, Silver Series, uh, May 26th to 28th is the Cascade Challenge, and that's going to be in Washington State. There is no more information besides that. That so is it. That is, that is what we got to go off of. Uh, that'll be another Silver Series event. Um, and then Helsinki in Finland. That is going to be also that same weekend, the 26th to the 28th, three-day tournament. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of that course. Good luck. Uh... <laughs> It's just not happening tonight, guys. In Helsinki, <laughs> it is Talon Frisbee Golf Puisto. 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 Yeah, yeah, good luck. All you got to do is tell me Puisto. <laughs> it's fine. Puisto. June 1st through the 4th, Portland Open. Uh, that is going to be at, what is it? I know it's Glendavere. What is it? I never remember the second course. But uh, no. No. What are you doing? Why? Hi. Venues haven't changed for that one. Yeah, it just so says one other. Gonna, so. Yeah. I just don't remember the name of that course off the top of my head. Um, and that will be along on the same weekend as the Estonian Open, um, which uh, is at Korvma. Uh, yep. Korvma, Estonia, and Korvma uh, uh, Disc Golf E Park. Disc Golf E Park. Disc Golf E Park. Oh, that sounds... See, I feel like that's Russian-ish. Disc Golf uh, I mean, it's... Maybe? I don't know. It's Northern European and Western Russian probably aren't as different as you would think they are. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it is what it is. Um... On the 9th through the 11th, you're going to have the Pro Forester. That's going to be in Croatia. And along that same time, we have a Silver Series event, the Zootown Open. And that's going to be in Missoula, Montana at Blue Mountain Course. Missoula. Missoula. Um, I know I'd seen a lot of posts about the Zootown Open saying that there was a lot of people really, really vying for uh, the Blue Mountain Course to be on tour. So this is yes. their chance. Um, and by the picture, it looks beautiful. So, yeah, it's gorgeous. And if, so if anybody's wondering what we're doing right now, we do, we are using the UDISC list of tour events and any event that has the actual course posted, you can go onto that event page and click on the course and the UDISC will pull up the course, just like as if you were looking at a, a local course on your UDISC app yep. or the website. Um, absolutely gorgeous country out there. I've been to Montana, uh, I have more than a handful of times, uh, and it's beautiful out there. I've never been to this course, unfortunately, but they have an op awesome, awesome opportunity to really, um, show the world what they're made of. Right. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Um, and then we'll go into the same. Wow. Wait. So there's three that weekend. The Nokia yes. Open in Nokia, Finland at the Korvama Discofi Park um, mm -hmm. is at the same time as the Zootown Open and the Pro Forester. So, yeah, you got that too. And plenty yeah, we of are, choices. We are kind of naming off some, some Euro, Euro Tour as well as Euro, European Pro Tour. Correct. Uh, just so you know, those are different. Only the Euro Tour events, which we should have been better at calling out, are going to 
yield um, Pro Tour points, not the European Pro Tour. So Nokia Open is a European Pro Tour event. It will not yield points. Okay. Uh, well, continuing on with the Euro Tour, um, this is the Kona Peace Day Open. It is June 16th through June 18th at Benisov Czech Republic uh, at Kona Peace Day. Um, That's, I mean, outside of going back to um, Sula, this is easily the coverage I'm most excited for. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Paul's going to be there, number one. Number two, this has been a major um, for Eagle the, the won PGA the before. Major. Correct. This was Eagles major, Kona Pista? Yes. Yeah, I do believe so. Okay. And I believe I believe Simon has won it when it was a major as well, but don't call me to that. Potentially. Okay. Uh anyway, so that is going to be the sixteenth through the eighteenth, which is going to fall in line with the dynamic discs open, which will also be the sixteenth through the eighteenth. And I have to say. I already know. You're going to watch Kona Peace Day. No. If I have to choose one, it's going to be the Kona Peace Day. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, of all of the events we're going to see this year, the ones that I want to see the numbers of watch, watch time, viewership, if there were two events I wanted to see the viewership numbers on, it's these two. Because I want to see for people who aren't like me, who are just going to watch everything because it's available, what do the numbers really look like? Are people going to watch Kinupiste over Dynamic Discs Open? Because Emporia gets unlimited hate <laughs> yes. on on Twitter. Um, and I know on, on a lot of other social platforms in the disc golf community, uh, now the players really, really love Emporia for the culture. Yeah. Um, but players do have their complaints about the courses as well. Interestingly enough, I know that those are well documented, um, but it is one of the best like events in terms of the culture that surrounds it, the events that they do, the block parties, this, that, and the other. It is a really great event, but I have to say I'm excited, number one, that it's only a three-day event this year um, because I don't know about you, but were you imported out by the end of last year? Oh, yeah. After after. DDO, which was wasn't it four four days last year, and then on top of it, there was five day worlds. Oh yeah, yeah I was imported out last year. Out. <laughs> um. Okay, so then, uh, same. Let's see. I don't know what PDPT is. Um, I'm skipping that. Um. So, to the Crocol Open. Yes. No. 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 The Aulu. Yes. We're moving to the crook hole open. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going on to the crook hole open. Uh, it is in crook hole Norway. And it is... Got a lot of trouble getting Norway out. Yeah, Norway. June Norway? 23rd through the 25th. Um, about all it has on here. And then we go into uh, the same weekend with Des Moines Challenge. Uh, presented by Discraft. It's at Pickard Park, just like last year. Uh, Des Moines Challenge is always a fun one to watch. Uh, yes, I really hope they make some improvements this year because they, they let out a really, really solid pro tour level event 
last year with some questionable holes, i.e. hole three. Um, And I think that that could be a really, really fun one. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I agree. I remember the FPO layout was not very good for Des Moines last year. Um, So hopefully they get that. That's a debate for another day. Yeah, they get that (laughs) changed up. Um, Then the next weekend... um, we have on the Euro Tour the Swedish Open in Boras, Sweden. I'm not saying that word. Um, <laughs> the Miram Gardens. <laughs> it sounded like I, I said something be... backwards. Yeah, Imir Gardens. Yeah, this golf center. Um, gold course. Gold course. Uh, is the same. <laughs> the same weekend as the Preserve Championship designed by Laviska Disc Golf. Um. That oh, is yeah. at the Airborne Disc Golf Preserve Black Bear course. Um, yes. That one's always a great course. Kale always has that thing in top tier shape. Uh, and that is also the same weekend as the European Pro Tour. Teeny. Is it tiny or teeny? I'm going to go with tiny just because it, it sounds, sounds better. All right. The, the tiny, tiny open. open. In <laughs> that Sipo, one will obviously Finland. not be filmed, but yeah. that one's going to be in Sipu, Finland. And then, moving on, another Euro Tour stop, uh, July seventh through the ninth, uh, is the Skellefteå Open, and that's the same weekend as the KC Wide Open in Kansas City, Missouri. Now this one silver is series. a silver series that's new as well, and I haven't heard anything about it, but it's being played at Bad Rock Creek, and the imagery looks like it's a wooded course potentially, at least off of the first hole. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for the KC uh, Wide Open. It's going to get the short end of the stick in the schedule, um, specifically, which is it's really tough because you know. By design, the Silver Series are kind of like your testing grounds for what could be potential Elite Series going forward. Right. And I'm sure people are going to play it. There's going to be a lot of players out there, but you know you're going to miss a lot of names because the very next weekend is going to be the PCS Open, which is Sula, um, which is an Elite Series this year. So it's going to draw more names than it did last year, which means more skippage on Casey White Open being the week before as people number one take a break number two fly out to Europe get comfortable get ready to play um so I kind of feel bad for it but I do hope it has a very good showing yeah I do as well uh if you want to start out keep going with PCOS uh PCOS uh PCS Open <laughs> PCS Open presented by Innova this is going to be July 13th through the 15th back in Norway um it's going to be very similar to what we saw last year, and it's just going to be a little bit of a higher profile this year. Um, honestly, top three most excited for events on the uh, schedule this year for me, um, because number one, it's an elite series this year, and number two, uh, because of number one, we're going to see more big names. Right. Um, so that's, I don't have to say much more about that. It's It's pretty exciting. Um, there's also going to be the, uh, Turku open that's going to be in Finland. Uh, that's a pro tour European pro tour event. Uh, so it will not be covered president's cup Wednesday, July 19th. That's always an interesting one. Um, I'll be excited to watch that one. Like, like I was last year, I was really excited to get that for live coverage. 
Uh, and then the European Open, which is your next major on the list. That is going to be July 20th through the 23rd. That's going to be a four-day event. Nokia Finland, of course, at the fabled Nokia Disc Golf Park. The Beast. Uh, what else do we need to say about that? Right. Come on. Um, coming back stateside, this is going to be another one that is probably going to see um, a little bit of that same effect that you're going to see uh, at Casey White Open. Uh, but the Mid-America Open is going to be July 28th through the 30th. This is going to be in Columbia um, at Harmony Events. Harmony That's a pretty fabled course itself. <coughs> yes. So I don't think we need to say too much about that one either. Uh, Finnish Nationals. That's that's probably going to be fun. Um, I don't think that one's going to have coverage for us. No. Uh, but that should be a pretty good one for some people to watch. That's going to be August 3rd through the 6th. Also, on the 3rd through the 6th, we're going to see Ledgestone. Deep that low. is going to be a four-day event. What? What? Ledgestone. Oh, not bad. Ledgestone, Peoria, Illinois, at Eureka uh, Temp. It's going to be... It's it's going to be at three courses. Um, it's so it's going to be two courses per side. So two courses MPO and then two courses at FBO. Three courses total, if I remember Peoria correctly. Right. Yes, I'm right about that. Okay. I'll let you take it for a little while now, huh? Uh, getting tired. I need some water. Water. Right. And then uh, back on the Euro Tour side, uh, August 10th through the 12th, the Alatagusi <laughs> Open uh, in Yovi, Estonia. And on the same weekend is Idlewild, the LWS Open at Idlewild, presented by Dyna Dynamic Discs. Um, that's an iconic course. E you probably know about Idlewild, uh, truly. Um, then, the very next weekend, we go August 17th through the 20th, and now it's D-Glow. There <laughs> you go, Discraft buddy. Discraft Great Lakes Open. And it's presented by Grip6. Uh, D-Glow is just an iconic tournament in general. Yep. Uh, the toboggan is... Mm -hmm. Yep, the fabled Kensington toboggan uh, side of none other than Paul Macbeth's perfect round. Yep, at least one of um, them. Yeah, uh, the, 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 I, it has to be the more impressive one in my mind. Uh, side note, before we continue on, apparently my boss's boss lives five minutes from that course. Oh. And he was like, hey, if you ever come to play that course, you can come stay with me. Oh, there you go. I'm like, all right, bud, you got it. <laughs> yeah, might just take you up on that. Well, you, know, you shouldn't have, that was a big invitation you shouldn't have given to me. <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, August 25th through the 27th, we have the Sierra Viori, Sierra Viori Challenge presented by Anova uh, on the Euro Tour in Euro Finland. Uh, that is the same weekend as the Jim Palmeries 50th anniversary, 50th American Flying Disc Open. Um, I had heard. Is that, is that the 50th year that they're doing it, or is that just the 50th time the event has happened and it happens more than one time a year? That's what I wonder. I don't know. 
because I, that's I, a good question. Um, but that's in Rochester, New York. Uh, I don't really know if I've seen any disc golf in New York that no comes to mind. So that'll be exciting to see. Um, one and then we wow. So like right into it, right after that, uh, we go right into the PDGA Pro World Championships starting on Wednesday through Sunday, August 30th through the September 3rd at Jeffersonville, Vermont at Brewster Ridge Disc Golf and Fox Run, correct? Those, uh, yes. Yeah, um, Smugs, as, yeah. uh, is, as it's more affectionately known for the entire venue. Yep. Um, it, it's also worth noting here that we didn't mention it before, but Deglo is a playoff event for the Elite Series. Um, so we do actually have the the Worlds sandwiched between two playoff events, which was a little interesting, I think, in terms of scheduling. Right. I was a bit confused by that, to be honest. Yeah. They. Yeah. I guess we'll see how it plays out. But. All right, Paul Ulibarri. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Worlds uh, takes place at the beginning of September, uh, late August, beginning of September. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the next week, uh, we go September 8th through the 10th, and we have a Euro Tour in Anakaru, Estonia, the South Estonia Open. And we have the Discmania Open at PEI, Canada, uh, Rose Valley. Now, this is a Silver Series in Canada, correct? Yes. Okay. So that's that's going to be interesting to see as well. Um, but yeah, I'll be excited to watch that one. Um, Definitely will be interesting. Um, and then moving forward, we have the second playoff event from the 14th through the 17th, MVP Open at Maple Hill. A lot of players obviously count that as, you know, their favorite event of the year. Um, right. It's very exciting. It's a beautiful course. Uh, never going to be upset about that. Um, and that same weekend, you have the Nine Hill Open. And that is going to be in Talzi, Latvia. And I that is part of the Euro Tour. I'm not sure if that's actually on the list of Euro Tour events being covered. So uh, it's possible we might see that on coverage. It's possible we don't. Now, interestingly enough, comparatively to last year where you had USWDGC in the early season before the European Tour, or the European Open, if I remember correctly, uh, this year it's going to be backed up to September 21st to the 24th, and that's going to be in Burlington, North Carolina. They do not have the courses officially set for that one yet, um, but just so everybody is aware. So that's going to be its own little thing. And it is a little bit closer to USDGC. So I'm not sure if they really made an effort to try to close those in together um, to maybe make it feel a little bit more like it is the the women's US championship. But let's be honest, it's time for Rock Hill to just suck it up and put the women's disc golf championship there. I know that I know why they don't do it. I just don't agree with it. Right. <laughs> I just don't. So following up USWDGC, um, you have uh, USDGC October 5th through the 8th, along with Throw Pink. Um, and that's going to be, of course, in Rock Hill, South Carolina at Winthrop. Um, I'll be interested to see what they changed this year. They changed a lot more last year than I really expected them to. Uh, 
I don't know that I thought all of them were for the better, but right. I don't know that they were bad either. Um, right. And then wrapping up the season, the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship, October 12th through the 15th. That's in Charlotte, North Carolina. They don't have a course listed for that one yet. I'm interested to see if they are going to consider returning to Nevins or if they're going to um, go back to the new roots, if you will, right. of, of Hornet's Nest. Now, I know Hornet's Nest wasn't available due to construction issues, not that they weren't allowed to be there. It just was not available as a course to be played. Um, but I don't believe they've announced their intentions with that yet, if right. I'm not mistaken. right of. And that's pretty much it. If you guys are still listening at this point, first of all, I want to say thank you because that was just a massive information dump. And yep. I know it was not the most interesting of information dumps, but the good news is it's the last time we have to do that this year. Exactly. We just, <laughs> we, we, we just had to get it out there that way for we, people that did want to hear it. We, uh, hear it. we, we had our information dump of all the new signings last week. Uh, this week we did all of the information dumps for the entirety of the schedule next week. We will do other stuff and kind of more fun stuff, I promise. Um, with that being said, that's going to bring us essentially to the end of the show. Um, first of all, if you've been with us this entire episode in the live format, thank you so much for being here. We did not broadcast this out to anybody, so we appreciate anybody who stopped in took a listen, um, whatever they might have done, we appreciate you. I know that we've got some tech difficulties that we've got to figure out. The recorded side probably isn't going to feel these difficulties as much as the live side did. However, I appreciate you no matter what side you listen to um, and if you listen for the entirety of this. Next week, we will be talking about uh, the All-Star Event Preview. We're going to preview all of that. I know that they're doing, I believe, they're picking teams. The captains are doing a virtual pick this Friday. I heard it was the 10th. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I heard. Right. Um, so I, I fully expect us to be able to do a full all-star preview. One of the other things we're going to do is a Tennessee twos in the bag for the 2023 season. So I'm going to preview my bag as it currently stands heading into this year. And I believe you are as well. Yep. So you guys get to see what we throw, which will be a little bit, Fun. My bag has seen a lot of changes in the last three months or so. Um, right. My bag was actually pretty consistent besides one or two things moving in and out for the first six months of last year. Um, but I made a lot of changes in the last six months. So I'm pretty excited to kind of share those with you. And then the other thing that we're going to talk about is our preseason power rankings for both MPO and FPO next week. Um, and yeah. Hopefully we get a little closer to our goal of, of making these 90 minutes as opposed to pumping them all the way up to the, uh, to the 120. <laughs> yeah. Um, we really, we really want to <laughs> try to cut the rambling a little bit, but this time actually we were, we were on time until we got to the schedule preview. I took a lot more time than I expected it to. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, I kept scrolling and I was like, wow, <laughs> like, okay. uh, there's another one yeah. and another one there's and another, another one. one and another one. It, by the end, it was starting to get hard for me to be enthusiastic about reading these events. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, yay, there's another one. And there's another one. And, and there's <laughs> I was like, I'm passing one. the baton again. <laughs> My throat got dry. I needed to drink some water. Please take over for a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well but anyways with that being said we hope you enjoyed this episode 
Um, yes, absolutely. We uh, we will continue to uh, prosper in YouTube. <laughs> we will. I'm try telling to... you. Also, I'm telling you, we are definitely going to get a sidebar banner to put up on uh, the interface, so you can see every single time that we divert from the main conversation to talk right. about something unrelated or just ridiculous. Yep. That's fine. It's going to happen. I don't it's know if it's happen. next episode, but it's going to happen. Oh, it's going to it's going to happen. <laughs> uh for sure. Uh but yeah, we hope everybody has a great rest of your day, night whenever you are listening. Uh we appreciate all of you. And to everybody. One more time, uh thank you for our presenting sponsor Lone Star Disc for being a part of what we do here. Absolutely. Um, they help us out tremendously tremendously to uh keep this production going and we're excited to continue park uh, partnering with them for the foreseeable future absolutely couldn't have said it better myself i could have <laughs> i stumbled over every word in that <laughs> yeah but you know everybody knows how i am and uh yeah johnny you were close you were close but uh so close know. You know? That's okay. You it's forgot okay. to say it at all. Last it's fine. Week, so. It's fine. But here we go, everybody. Here's the outro. We will see y'all later, and we will see y'all on, on the, the next, next hole. I, was, I wasn't ready. Oh, it, was, it was perfect. Peace. <laughs> Peace.